You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. My name is Reese Maney, along with Colin Ward. Weekend number one is in the books for the 2023-2024 OHL regular season. Uh, saw some really nice performances over the first weekend, and we'll get to our players of the week in, in just a few moments here. We saw some flops from a few teams as well over the uh, over the opening weekend, and we saw some, oh, that's kind of cool, moments. Um, and, and we'll go through all of that throughout this show. Um, of course, we'll give our overall thoughts on opening weekend um, of the OHL season. We'll discuss those players of the week. Um, you know, some specific games that may have caught our eyes. Um, and then an interesting segment um, in segment number two, where Colin Ward put it perfectly, the overreaction segment um, about okay. which teams need to step up and, well, and I think, actually show up in, in week two. And you know what's kind of cool about it? Well, let's look on teams, Instagrams and social media, right? We see some comments. Um, there's some fan bases that we know that are overreact. So I think it's pretty cool that we can call some comments out we won't say the name the user names and stuff but let's call some fans of, of some overreactions as it's an overreaction after week one oh yeah. we're 0-2 we are not winning the ohl championship it's over it's done um pack the bags pack the bus book the tea times um it's over but um that type of stuff we like it's funny i've saw so many quotes this weekend of how this team's brutal this team's bad like it, it's after one, yeah, shift, it's one one game or Look at the Knights. They were horrible through five games last year. Yeah. And they went to the OHL championship. Yeah, but then or you see these people that like comment about how, oh, we're gonna win the cup. We're two and oh, we're gonna win, we're gonna win, we're so good. You played two games. So it's kind of interesting to see the ups and downs here after week one. It's kinda has some kinda has some fun with it a little bit. Yeah. Um as we go on here. I mean, it probably won't be a full time thing, but I think like for the listeners or whatever, just comment on us. Comment on our social media. Maybe we'll have a post on Twitter. Or yeah, Twitter. We're calling it Twitter. Yeah, um, X is the dumbest yeah, thing I've ever. Yeah, heard. we went over that last week. Yeah. Um I you know, maybe we'll put a comment out on Twitter. Let us know your thought, your honest thoughts on the on the weekend. We give our thoughts on the weekend. Give your thoughts on the weekend as well. And maybe we'll include that as well in the second segment. And we can talk about your team and dive in a little bit and do the research on your team if you want to do that. So maybe we'll put out a tweet. Let us know your opinion on the weekend. Any questions on your team? And we can we can do that as well. Uh, maybe reach out to some people. I mean, if we have we have sources or a lot of teams. So if we can reach out, we'll reach out as well. See what's going on with your team as well. So let us know um, on Twitter in the comments if you have any questions um we will we will see about your team we'll do some research on them for sure uh as there was some blunders this week on no research as well i mean i was on twitter calling a couple broadcasts out on the i don't like to do that i mean it just feels like an arrogant move but when there's a time and place michael ann lauer does in fact still own the Brantford bulldogs so that's a tough one to get that wrong but other than that i'm other than that, it was a good weekend, and uh, the OHL is back. And I mean, wow, the pace of play! The pace of play was interesting. We had some ups and we had some downs. We had a lot of referees that wanted to be the show. Um, Big time. A lot of interest. A lot of interest. You know, I okay. <laughs> I dislike. I dislike this time of the year, and t- I love this time of the year because it's back. We're back. Let's go. But I also dislike this time of the year as I'm punching the air. <laughs> because you go from October to December where we just have to call everything. 
I swear, if you wear an orange stripe on your arm, you're just looking for calls. You're looking for the littlest things in the first two months of the season. It's like, let the guys play. Like, you know, we're we're here to watch the games here. We're here to watch the players play. We're here to develop. And we're seeing these ticky-tack calls. I see a stick-on-stick play called a slash, and it was nothing. It was like a tab. Um, then you see, like, start calling the embellishment then, too, and guys, you know, throw their hands in the air and lift their heads up, you know, like they got shot out of a cannon. It's like, come on, guys. Like, we got to be better on the calls. I think we have to be more engaged in a positive way, so put the whistles away in that matter. But there were some calls this weekend. The float of some games were terrible. There were some good ones. There were some good ones, but you shouldn't see a team get penalized four four, uh, penalties in a row. Um right away in two games that's ridiculous uh that's beyond like even if they're like i understand like there's a lot of games that yeah that's got to be a call but anytime you see four calls in a period for a similar plays like some blind siding some sl- like slashing and stuff that weren't slashes that to me is on the ref because that's a judgment call when you see the slashes and stuff like that um but to me, that had to be a lot better this weekend. That's something to improve on. That was our rivalry this week. So let us know. Maybe that's overreaction on my part, as we'll get to that next segment. Overreaction week. That's all right, Wardy. Yeah, I love it. Nothing I wrong with that. Over, we got to get T-shirts, overreaction week. Yeah. I think uh, overreaction day, maybe we call it every Monday. We just call it overreaction day. Um, yeah, I mean. Overreaction segment. I think we need to do that. I think we got to look at the comments, like I mentioned. We look at the comments, we go through this, and we see the overreaction. I think we got to do it with the Bulldogs show as well because we have a lot of fans on the social media here <laughs> commenting about how this how the season's over, this and that. But I think we got to do that. That would be hilarious to do. Um, and just, you know, kind of check them. Kind of check some fans a little bit. But, well, and I, I, I think a lot of this will have to do with the power rankings that are going to be released every week because – um and then well, yeah. you know through two Mine. weeks there have obviously been been comments made by certain people but um yeah you know by certain people i mean there's just you know we've we've seen back-to-back weeks where um you know you've had like five or six of the same people making um commenting on it which it, you know what it is power rankings are up for discussion that's why the ohl's doing it it's for the yeah. fans to get a little bit more engaged in the game give the teams a little bit more um, I don't know if drive is the right word to see yourself lower on the power rankings, but it could be, um, but it's essentially geared towards people commenting and having arguments about how a team should be higher, how a team should be lower if their team. Oh yeah, no, that's exactly where I expect them to be. That's what the power rankings are for. So we're going to, we're going to absolutely look at those comments as well. We're going to touch on the power rankings um as well towards the end of the show and that'll be a that'll be a good discussion for us but um you know we'll kick things off just the overall thoughts on the weekend and i mean um some blowouts i think that's something that you always expect to start a season guys not being back from nhl camps or teams could be missing out on a lot of firepower um but a lot of them, I would say, are just more surprises than anything. I mean, like Sue Greyhounds, 18 goals in two games. Like what they did to Flint on Friday night and then, um, you know, a three-goal deficit, they come back to beat Brantford um, with seven goals in that contest. They outscore their opponents 18-8 to eight over the weekend with a power play percentage of 40%. Like that's – those are numbers yeah, that are unheard of through two games. 
Yeah, that's something, though, to me, though, you know, coming back to down three like that, that's one where in February I don't think you win that game. You get a little bit of luck there. But, wow, the, yeah, the goal scoring. And, hey, I was going to mention to you, Reese, Travis Hayes, the weekend he had. I mean, yes. the, brother of Ga- the brother of Gavin Hayes, who recently this, on Monday afternoon got reassigned to the Flint Firebirds. So he's back in Flint. And they'll have a brother-brother division there in Flint and Sioux, yeah. which will be exciting. But, and there's a fourth man, brother Hayes, on the way as well. Yeah, but Gavin Hayes, oh my, or Travis Hayes, um, five points in two games, three goals, two assists. He's second in scoring in the OHL, right? <laughs> yeah, second in scoring in the OHL. Um, so that's pretty impressive uh, through one weekend. I mean, maybe that's an overreaction, but that's pretty cool to see it. I mean, I'm not surprising to see a Hayes in the top five yes. of his goal scoring when, when, when his brother Avery did, which other brother, yeah. Gavin Hayes does as well, but Travis Hayes, definitely another Hayes brother that's going to light the lamp a lot. And um, it's exciting to see what he can do there. He's a, you know, he's going to, you know, when you see a Hayes on the back of the jersey from Michigan playing in the OHL, there's two things that you're going to notice. One or three things. One, they're going to compete. Two, they're going to score. Three, they can skate. They're all the same. Every brother you see play last year, I mean, not even just last year. Throughout the years, you saw Gavin play. You know he could skate. He's a very good skater. Then when you watched Avery play, we watched Avery a lot. Now Branford, formerly Hamilton, we watched him skate a lot as well, covering the Bulldogs. I mean, with the Bulldogs, you see him like to know him. And Avery, Avery was a heck of a skater. And now Travis is a heck of a skater. Watching him play, he's a fun player to watch. He was great in his minor midget year, his draft year. And no surprise to see him step up like this. And the crazy thing is you only saw Brady Martin with him in one game because he sat out on Saturday due to an injury. Mm-hmm. But what a duo they have there, a young duo in Sault Ste. Marie. And, hey, all these people kind of sleeping on Sault Ste. Marie at the beginning of the year, which was last week. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think, you know, maybe they're going to change some heads a little bit because – Right now, I mean, they look like the team to beat in that division with the goal scoring, but it's just going to be interesting to see how they can defend it. I mean, watching that game on Saturday with the Bulldogs being there, I mean, the Bulldogs didn't have a lot of space. I mean, the Bulldogs started the game off very well, but then at the end of the game, I mean, they got outplayed. Sue looked really good uh, defensively. They dialed in. And, I mean, the way they take the puck to the slot, that's the thing that's impressive with Sault Ste. Marie Reese. They take the puck to the slot every time they get it. They're not looking out wide. They're looking to go to the home plate area. I like that. That's dangerous. You know, go. They go to the high percentage chances, and it's all. And you know, I like to, I like to elaborate with the NBA on this. Right, basketball. You hear that you point. You hear get in the paint, get the easy buckets, easy buckets, easy shots on goal, easy scoring chances. You get in that home plate area, get in the slot, and work your way in. Get the fence on their heels. And I thought, yeah. I thought Sue both nights watching them on video on their home opener against Flint. I mean, they dominated that one. And watching them on Saturday, yeah, this team's dangerous. And every time they get the puck in the offensive zone, they look to score. And how about this on Wednesday night, them in the London Knights? That's a game right away. Right away. Game. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. That's the game of the week um, in the OHL, in my opinion. I mean, when you look at that one, those are two teams that are going to score. And the way London can defend, right, Oliver Bong's back, Leeson Cowan be back by then, that's going to be a heck of a hockey game. Two undefeated teams, one zero has got to go. Um, that's a, that's a very exciting game to see see how that plays out. I mean, Sue's fun to watch, as you mentioned. They can score, and uh, they look really good so far through week one. Yeah, yeah, and I thought Jack Beck fit right in um, with Ooh. the Sioux Greyhounds right away, which is which is nice for them. There's no transition period. I'm sure there will be at some point, um, but like right off the start, if this is what he's going to be the rest of the year, then 
Um, that might look yeah, like, like a steal of a trade um, yeah. from the Sioux Greyhounds. So, um, you know, another thing I think we also got to mention here, number one in the power rankings heading into the first weekend against number 20 heading into the power rankings in the opening weekend. It looked a lot closer than that between the London Knights and Niagara Ice Dogs, but we had a 2-1 final at Budweiser Gardens and then a 5-2 final uh, at the Meridian Center. And by the way, both those teams are done playing each other for the rest of the year. Um, I don't know if they're going to thank the schedule makers or hate the schedule makers, but uh, the London Knights and Niagara Ice Dogs are done playing each other. Um, but, but I think it's, that wasn't a series where you saw 20 versus one. That was a mini two game set that was very competitive throughout. Um, you saw the ice dogs hold a lead, um, throughout all 120 minutes that was played. Um, no, not all 120 minutes, I should say, but at some point throughout those first two games, um, and it was just a just a competitive start. And I know Ice Dogs fans are still frustrated about all the moves, all the decisions that have been made in the offseason. But if you're banking on having a better year than last year, you're 0-2, but those are two very hard-fought losses if you're the Ice Dogs. Yeah, they, yeah, you know, they competed Saturday's game. Saturday's game, you know, yeah, you're tired. Um, they were on their heels. It's too bad they couldn't get momentum there late in the game, right? You saw London take control of the hockey game there late, but – that first game, getting the first goal, having the lead for quite a quite a long time in that game is a very big positive if you're the Niagara Ice Dogs. The little things, right? The little yeah. things are what you need um, to have, and you got to continue to build off those little things. And the Niagara Ice Dogs had a lot of little things. I know you say there's no moral victories in the Ontario Hockey League, but for a team that's been god-awful for the last four years, basically irrelevant play the Scott Hartnell clip um, or the Brian Rep clip about being irrelevant. They outshot the London Knights Friday night in their home opener for the London Knights in the first period, 20 to seven. They outshot them 20 to seven in London's home opener. They went into the bud and they took their lunch money in the first period. Um, that's something to me that is a positive. If you're a Niagara Ice Dogs fan, you have to think that's a positive. Um, you see Matthew Paris get his first goal against the London Knights, yeah. that's something that's a positive. You like that, you know. Um, if you're the, the Ice Dogs brass, you like that. Um, Kirk Cousins, you know I'm talking football references because the Broncos finally won a game. But um, it's just been, it's just crazy to see how much positive there's been. But now you just – eventually when you do things the right way, you do things the right way, eventually things are going to start to turn direction in the win-loss column. I think the big thing is, and I see all the, and you know what, we'll get to it because I know the ice dogs are going to be in this, um, in this thing for overreaction. But Ryan Kuhabara is a good coach. He's been around, quote unquote. He's not stupid. Um, he's That's a good way to put guy. it. Yeah, believe it or believe it or not, ice dogs fans, he wants to win. He doesn't want to lose. Do you think anyone in this ice dogs run office or anything wants to lose? Do you think they're making trades to lose? Like. Give me a break. Um, the guys they've picked up, Ryan Humphrey, you know, he's a baller. Um, he's a baller. He's a guy that you know what you're going to get every single night. You know what you're going to get every night. GB19, our guy, um, not saying this because he's a great guy and he's a buddy of ours. I'm not saying this because off, like, just straight up. You talk to the kid. Talk to him. Talk to the guy. He's a leader. 
He's a leader. He was he's honestly probably the most mature 16-year-old we've ever had on the show. By far. He, he when we had him on after he was drafted, he was probably our best interview, and he never even played a game in the OHL yet. Uh that's that's positives right there. They have the the culture's changed. And the culture in Niagara is more importantly, is more important than wins and losses right now. Those yeah. wins are going to come. I promise Ice Dogs fans, those wins are going to come. If they continue to work their butts off like they did last week, those wins are coming. Those wins are coming. What I saw on what I saw on video this week, seeing um big defense from their Sobolev go behind the net um in in London's faces like that behind the goal line. I wanted to give them the J Ross right then. I wanted to give them put a banner up. We went behind the we defended behind their goal line. I put a banner up at Meridian, you know? Um Put a banner up for that. I haven't saw a defenseman go behind their goal, go in a corner in Niagara in years. Yeah. When I saw that, when I saw that, I was pumped, man. I get goosebumps. That's that's freaking awesome, you know. And stuff like that, you want to see the improvement. That's culture change. That is culture change right there. You see them get off the bus on their social media. I don't know if we saw if anyone saw this or not, but for us, Reese, we follow every team, right? We want to get all the info we can get on every single team. I watched the I watched the ice dogs get off the bus eh, on Friday at the bud. Everyone had the matching sweaters on, um, the matching toques. I yeah. thought that's the I've never saw that in Niagara in my time covering the league. I have never saw that in Niagara. It just looked different. It just looked different. And I'm not getting excited. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that they're not going to finish last place. But all I'm saying is that the guys they brought in, Ryan Humphrey, um, Daniel Sobolev. Gavin Bryant, those guys are going to work their butts off. And I'm telling you right now, those are actual leaders. It's Those guys aren't going to be doing like, um, like what happened last year. Last year is last year. And I guarantee it right now um, with Rutt and Kuabara at the helm, when you see those quotes, I wonder if he had the Sean Payton. I wonder if that's going around with the Broncos, how he said about Nathaniel Hackett obviously never turned out, about how we want to do a complete 360 of that. We want to be the opposite of that. Yeah, I wonder – I wonder, that's got to be what the Ice Dogs are saying. We saw Wes Consorti kind of say that throughout the media in Niagara um, from afar. We kind of saw those quotes come out, the interim GM for the Ice Dogs. We kind of saw that him talk about that, saying that we, we're not talking about last year. This is this year. We want to change the culture. We want to change the culture. And they actually did some culture moves. They're not just saying it right now, and that's why I'm excited to see what the Ice Dogs do. Because I'm telling you right now, you're not going to go into Meridian Center. Those fans in Niagara, a lot of they have a lot of good fans too. Yes, they have some clowns on social media, but every team does. Big time. But they, that's a team right there that you're not going to go into Meridian Center and walk all over them again. You, they're going to go behind the goal line and fight for pucks. They're going to be battling for pucks now. They're not going to let you walk into their end and walk right up on their goaltender and have Florida make 45 saves a game. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, yes, their that defense. Was, that was interesting to see Vandenberg go in the home opener. I mean, yeah, I maybe maybe not go back to back open the open the weekend, but I thought that was interesting. You get Flores in London, which yeah, makes man. sense, former team. Um, yeah. And then Vandenberg goes in the home opener. I'm like, hmm, wouldn't you Especially want your number Simpson one guy? Back back. Yeah, wouldn't you want your number one guy yeah. in the home opener? But I mean, the Vandenberg. I, did, I don't think he played terribly, so no, it really was wasn't the wrong move. It just I, yeah, no. caught me off guard for a second there. Um, yeah, man. I don't have any complaints about him at all. Yeah. Like I thought he played pretty good. And the fact that like, I saw Owen Flores make twenty have to face twenty eight shots on Friday night, twenty six saves. Michael Simpson had to make thirty four saves. That's yeah. a 
that's a bonus if you're the ice dogs i i mean yes i know how i just mentioned i'll get over that sir that there's no moral victories but for this there is moral victories yeah. for this weekend for the ice dogs and i guess we can include this in the overreact because i know there's a lot of fans that are going to overreact oh they're no good they're no good it's the same thing um saying names about the GM, the owner. But when you look at stuff like that, when you actually look at the film, there was a lot of positives in this weekend that I know with they weren't playing the best team in the OHL in a team that's honestly probably going to be in the final four in the OHL if nobody gets hurt, knock on wood, in the London Knights. Yeah. They will they probably win that game. They probably win that game. So a lot yeah. of positives a lot of positives there. For the ice dogs, I mean, ice dogs fans, keep your heads up. It's a one weekend. Last weekend, you, last year you started two and zero. Oh. Last year, last year you started two and zero. Oh, so you never know. Um, yeah, that's a, that's the thing for everybody on social media commenting on the ice dogs. Um, it's one thing to actually go to the game, support the team, and see them in person. It's another thing to sit on sit on your rear end watching on a TV using your phone and having no idea what goes around day to day. So I just want to point that out as exactly. part of the overreaction Monday segment we're going to have coming up. Um, exactly. I guess, sorry. hey, I guess another effect came through with the Michael Simpson trade. Big time. Since we're yeah. on the London Knights, since we're on the London Knights, and yes, Easton Cowan missed this weekend. Yeah, that's a loss. And he's still know, he's yeah. still part of uh, part of the Leafs. He made it through the, the next yeah, round of cuts on Monday. Yeah, so he probably gets another two to three days out of it. Yeah, And then we'll see what happens. I mean, you look at the Leafs, they have cap problems. I mean, there's a chance he gets to nine games. They're probably not, but there's a chance. Hey, I like Easton Cowan's game. He's a player. Um, but, yeah, good player. The London Knights are loaded, man. London is loaded. And um, it's interesting. Michael Simpson trade is kind of the trade that they needed to make. Um, when you look at the London Knights, Reese, and when you look at this lineup, what's the one thing they were missing? Goaltending. I mean, Alexei Medvedev. He's going to play junior B this year for sure. Uh, Wilmore was sick this weekend, um, or else he would have backed up. But Medvedev, I think it's going to be a lot like what we saw with the Bulldogs last year with David Egeroff playing for the Kill TBs, right? Get a lot of games in there in the GOJHL. Get a lot of games. Let him play. I mean, David Egeroff was dominant last year in the GOJHL. He only lost two games in regular season all year. Yeah, that's um, the thing. It's not about quality at, at junior B. It's quantity. Reps. You just want reps. Exactly. You, want as many, you want to see as many pucks as you possible. You want the ups and Essentially, what Hunter Jones outlined to us when we had him on is he, he exactly just, he went to a level that he could just see pucks fly at him, and that was really all he needed. Exactly, and that's why I thought the London Knights need to make that trade. They had the OA spots. I mean, they'll use on a goalie. There's always that question. I hate that narrative. Why would we use it? Why would we use an OA spot on a goalie? Because honestly, your goalie's got to win you a series. You're you build yeah. from the net out. The London Knights were not going to. The London Knights could have this roster, but if they didn't upgrade in goal, they were not an OHL Cup contender. Eat without this upgrade. I didn't think goaltending was there. I I really didn't think they had to make that move. They did. Um, that's just general manager Mark Hunter knowing his roster, knowing the needs um, over Watts, and that's a big ad for the London Knights, and that just put makes them a contender. Um, yeah. This is a team that could be like Ottawa last year that just doesn't drop out of the one spot. This team's yeah. this team's good, um, and Michael Simpson brings you that stability, right? We already saw him play both games this weekend. I think that's huge for the Knights, uh, but. At the same time, I would like them to not get in that Brett Brochu situation. I remember Brochu got hurt, and I believe it was over overworking him. Um, and then the London Knights were basically, quote-unquote, screwed. Um, 
they had no, yeah. they had no hope the that best year. Way to put it. Yeah, they had no hope that year against the Kitchen Rangers. Um, but now, when you look at it, I'd like to see them split the times up a little bit, especially early on in the year. The team can score enough to keep you in games. I'd like to see Wilmore get his starts once he's healthy, and uh, then start to up the load for uh, Simpson in the second half of the year. But I like their team, and that's a team that's going to battle. And uh, they looked really good. Hey, they had a, they didn't start off good, right? Oh, number one, number one, number one, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, shot 20 to seven in the first period by the Niagara Ice Dogs. And like, uh oh. So good. I mean, good resilience good. at home, right? Yeah. But good weekend for them. Good weekend yeah, for the Niagara. Yeah. And um, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. One thing we, I totally slipped my mind until I had the OHL website up here. Um, before the Sudbury Wolves went one and one this opening weekend and the Windsor Spitfires went 0 and two, they actually hooked up for a trade. Um, yes. I have a couple too. Essentially right before puck drop, you can say when we are getting ready to watch the Wolves and Bulldogs, a trade comes through on Twitter. We're like, Oh, okay. Well, they won't be in the lineup, but that's interesting. Um, yeah. So Sudbury Wolves, um, they will acquire, or they have acquired, Nicholas DeAngelis from the Windsor Spitfires, along with uh, Trevor O'Dell. Um, going back to the Windsor Spitfires, let me just pull it up here. I'm a little bit lost in the article. Let me just grab it. Um, but it's a, it's one of those big early season trades that uh, yeah. included a heavy dose of um, picks going the other way. Yeah, so Nicholas DeAngelis and Trevor O'Dell to the Sudbury Wolves going back to Windsor. Connor Walton, um, Niagara's second-round pick in 2024. Guelph's third-round pick in 2025. Sudbury's sixth-round pick in 2025. Windsor's second-round pick in 2026. And Sudbury's 15th rounder in 2025, that being a uh, a conditional draft pick. Um, which first of all, I'm surprised they were able to tweet this out over the great internet that they have at the Sudbury Community Arena. That was <laughs> awesome to miss the start of the third period between the Wolves and Bulldogs. Um, but but yeah, this kind of essentially shows which, which way each team's going, right? And I think a lot of people expected Sudbury to be that buying team in the Eastern Conference, or one of the buying teams in the Eastern Conference, um, to go all in this year and and try and capture that championship and head to Saginaw uh, for the Memorial Cup. Whereas Windsor, they've been at the top of the Western Conference for the last two years, um, made it to the championship one year, got swept in the first round the next, and now it's time to get younger now it's time to sell off some of the valuable assets you have and, and think about the future. And this, this trade is, yeah. is pretty, pretty telling of, of both those cases for each team. Yeah, well, absolutely. I like D'Angelo's game, right? D'Angelo, he's not the guy that's going to pound the score sheet last year, 26 points in 67 games for Windsor, uh, plus 16, 41 penalty minutes, two goals, 24 assists for his 26 points. He's not going to, but you know what he's going to be? He's going to be the guy that's going to be your reliable number two, shut down the other team's best line, be in the matchup, be a part of the matchup. He just adds depth, right? It adds depth. When you got a guy that's a good number two like that, like D'Angelo says, all of a sudden your number two guy that should be a number three goes down to a number three. Yeah. Your number three goes to number four, four to five, five to a six. All of a sudden you got some depth there, and that's huge for the matchup, and especially in the second half of the year. I was surprised somebody picks that early on in the season because it kind of puts you in a log jam at the deadline. 
But get ads, get ads for Sudbury Wolves. Um, I like both. I like the move for both sides. Windsor adds a lot of picks. I mean, Windsor gave up so many picks the last two years. They, you knew they had to make a move like this at one point. They had no seconds till what, like 2027, we said last year on the trade deadline show. It was just a ridiculous number. So they had to make that move. They get a couple picks, and they're not done yet. Winter Spitfires, I think, will still have to have to sell a little bit more than just this just because they need picks and they don't have a lot. So that's a good move for both sides. They had to do it. Um, but, yeah, very good trade. And then, Reese, there's a couple big news out there that I want to mention about before we go to the break. Um, Colby Barlow gets sent back on Monday to Owen Sound. That's yep. massive. That's why I think the power rankings are overrated this week. I mean, Owen Sound isn't better with Barlow back. He's their captain. He's their best player. He's a 50-goal scorer. That's, you know, so stuff like that. Paul Ludwinski is back now with the Kingston front next. That's a massive one. And then as I mentioned earlier, Gavin Hayes is back with the Flint Firebirds as well. Those three guys going back to their respective teams. Each three teams will get a boost. Flint needs a boost desperately. Gavin Hayes will bring that most definitely. Paul Ludwinski, the Kingston will definitely, their captain, bring that momentum back. And Colby Barlow, look out. I cannot wait to see the lot of nights in the Owens out attack play with Colby Barlow in the lineup. And hopefully Easton Cowan comes back because we want to see that matchup. We want to see the best players in the league play the best players. And that's one of those situations there where we're going to see the best players play the best players. So that's exciting. That gets you exciting if you're excited if you're an OHL fan. Um, Civic Center is ready to go. The outside painted black and gold. Yeah, Reese, I saw your, Reese had the tweet there on the weekend about We Heart Bulldogs. The that banners. That was a surprise, man. That caught me off guard. That's we were cool. on our way to Windsor for uh, for Miggy's final game, which by the That's way, cool. was stellar. Um, but yeah, it just caught me off guard because the Brantford's really never advertised anything on their light poles other than Remembrance Day, of course, just because yeah. like, right at, um, at the heart of or right at the start of downtown, you could say you have the armories, you have the Cenotaph. That's where the big Remembrance Day celebration happens um and then like if there's like a festival or something but other than that like you don't really see them advertise a whole lot on their on their light poles and the fact that they've got the you know the we heart bulldogs we're you know we're ready to go we're ready complete to 360 of last year and yeah like like less than a week to go till the home opener like you drive around downtown hamilton during the hockey season they've got stupid toronto rock banners up i don't see one bulldogs yeah. banner up along along the, the city streets of that Hamilton. seems one two now, championships there yeah now again there's always the question of oh did the you know did the city have the rock pay to do that um whereas the bulldogs maybe didn't because they may not have had to with having two championships um yeah. but at the same time if the city i can't use this word on here but um if the city actually gave a bleep about the team then they would take yeah, the cared, yeah. They would take the initiative upon themselves to advertise that we matter in the world of sports, other than the Tiger Cats, which right, they really don't have to advertise anyways because the Tiger Cats are just their their Hamilton's team. Um, mm-hmm. But like you, to to take the initiative for the city of Brantford and just put up Bulldogs banners again, their Bulldogs may have invested in that. We don't know for sure, but I think it's uh, a little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. This the city actually. As I mentioned, they give a bleep. They actually yeah, they care, care that the Bulldogs are there. The arena investment, paid, right? They want them there. Um, for any Bulldog season tickets out holders out there, that event is taking place on Wednesday um, at the Civic Center from five to seven. You can pick up your season ticket package, um, which includes all of the all, all of the perks that you get. You can, I mean, you've already 
kind of have an idea of what your seat location is and what the view is going to look like, but you can go inside and see what it's going to look like. You can sit in your seats. You're going to get a look inside the arena, what, what's going on in there. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think you it's see the bar. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Yeah. The bar, this is really an after good. game thing for us. Well, but I, yeah, I'm pumped I that that's there. Like that, well, that's yeah, cool. The well, doing the pregame shows from there would be electric. Yeah. That would be, that would be perfect. Um, that's an ideal spot that that's a great idea. And I hope other arenas adapt to that, but yeah, Brantford's giving him, giving the Bulldogs a treatment that Hamilton never did. Um, and you know, we always talk about this off air reason. I mean, we'll be completely honest with the listeners here. Um, with Hamilton from day one, since it, since last year, when Brantford announced they're getting the team has been excited about this. We've saw the mayor of Brantford at games in Hamilton to see what it is. We've saw um, Brantford writers media um, from their local papers. Oh, and how many 99ers teams have gone to Bulldogs games in Hamilton exactly. the last year? Yeah, exactly. And we saw media coverage. Well, for, like writers from the Exposer, from the Beacon at games in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Where last year you can count on one hand how many times we saw spec people there, spec writers there. That's something that is excitement. There's publicity coming out in Brantford. There's excitement. The rumors about the new arena for that matter. I mean, the new arena is a great idea. Either way, I think the Brantford's going to have an OHL team. I doubt the Bulldogs go back to Hamilton. I doubt that because I think year two is a big success next year. And with everything going on with First Ontario Centre, with the Rock playing their full year at First Ontario Centre, I doubt the Bulldogs go back. But either way, the money is there. I mean, if the Bulldogs go back, the city of Brantford gets $8 million um, to build an arena to add another OHL team in the Civic Center. So either way, Brantford's in a good spot to get an OHL team. If there's an expansion team, that's a long road away. If Chatham's a team, I think Brantford gets a team, but the divisions are all messed up anyways. Got to fix but, the divisions first. Yeah, the divisions got to be fixed yeah. right now. By next year, I think they will be fixed. That's why I think that's why I think it new if, commissioner. If, yeah, new commissioner. That's why I think if there is expansion that's topic one. Um and say they do go back to Hamilton, I think Brantford's a team that goes to the West and then you have to put an East team out there. Um, Probably Hamilton. That's a discussion for another completely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But, but I have yeah. two I have two more as well. Um Braden Hashay, the captain of the Saginaw Spirit. That was announced as a captain for the Mem Cup run. I think that's a good ad. Um I like what Hashay brings to the table. Donovan McCoy, the captain of the Peterborough Peets. He's a writer guest with Joel Vanderland. Um, so that's cool. I know Joel's probably pumped about that one. A Quinny guy, uh Donovan McCoy, a good defensive defenseman, shutdown guy, a big role for Peterborough this year. Um, good for him. T-Bone Cod signs a one-year deal. This kind of hurts the Saginaw Spirit in their Mem Cup. T-Bone Cod was a big part of that team. He signs a one-year deal to, on Monday with the San Diego Gulls, the, Anah- the AHL. That's the Anaheim Ducks AHL team, for those who don't know. And also, tonight, October 3rd, the premiere of, I guess, Road to the Memorial Cup, you could say, with the Saginaw Spirit, the behind-the-scenes looks. That looks really cool. The OHL dropped yeah, the trailer. Yeah, that looks really exciting. You catch that on TSN, um, the NHL Network, and OHL Live. It's OHL, CHL TV. But that is one that I'm very excited to see. I think that's going to be a really cool event. I like that. I mean, Ottawa did a behind the barber pipes, I think, or barber yeah. poles um, last year. And this is really cool to see the teams ups and downs. This used to always happen. Remember the, remember the Memorial Cup post always did it. I know the London Knights did it behind the scenes, wrote the Memorial Cup. I think that's really exciting. That they get to do that this year in Saginaw, we're going to see a lot of behind the scenes access, and I mean, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to see a lot. I think 
We'll definitely talk next week on the show about what we thought, what we take away from this. We'll talk around the league this weekend after we watch the show. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk in the media rooms, in the press boxes around. So we'll talk to some, get some insight on what they thought about this. And we'll talk about it next week on the show, what we took from the episode each week. Mm -hmm. And we can elaborate with you listeners as well, which I'm very excited to see um, and talk about. It's exciting. I love the HBO series, Road to Winter Classic. That was always cool. Especially... My favorite is still New York, Philadelphia, La Violette and Tortorella. That's still my favorite. Yeah, that's classic. I've seen you defend. (laughs) In matter of fact, in the in matter of fact, actually, in the OHL in the OHL podcast showdown on the PlayStation, that was one of our post game speeches. Every game, I would send, I would send one. It was Bruce. There it is. And by the way, made the appearance in Niagara this weekend. Yes, it was either Bruce Boudreaux's, um, where I've never seen a group with their heads down. You know. Um, and then Tortorella, I've seen you defend when he just comes into the Rangers room and just rips them apart. It's like, all right, that's the NHL. Then. But um, that was a fun That was a fun HBO series. That one, and I like the Washington-Pittsburgh one just because the animosity, right, the, mm-hmm. of Washington-Pittsburgh. Uh, that was a good one as well when that first started and seeing uh, Boudreaux go at it um, with Bilesma. And I always thought that was cool. But yeah, Torts and Laviolette, that was incredible. Um, you know, Tortorella is always going to bring the fire. And uh, Laviolette's also a fiery guy. So that was really cool to see. But I'm excited for this. I, I love that, especially at a training camp. How It'll be interesting to see how the Saginaw Spirit set a tone to mm-hmm. their season because you want to set a good tone. And it'll be interesting to see how they set it here uh, with the start of the year. Yeah. Uh, quickly, we got about two and a half minutes to go here as we'll hit the 40-minute mark. We'll head to break. Um, you'd mentioned TSN. No regular season games. On on TSN, I don't know if you have any thoughts on those. I think we should touch on it a little bit. Like, yeah, I have one. Like, I understand you have all the finals for the WHL, OHL, QMJHL. What the heck's the point of signing a contract if you're not covering the regular season? Like, that makes no sense to me at all. Um, Like, I would I would always look forward to seeing you know RJ Broadhead, Rob Fald, Sam Cosmichel, like all the the Sportsnet guys did an unbelievable job of covering the Canadian Hockey League. They did other playoff Man. games other than the finals. Actually, the finals, they would normally Man, hockey. Yeah. Like, if you thought about it, they more than likely, uh, maybe other than a they game. They every two, other because they had the one crew. Yeah, like, they just, they left it alone. And let, which is actually kind of nice. They let the local guys call the finals, which you've covered them all year. There That's Like, you should get a chance, right? Whereas TSN is just going to come in and, and do the finals. But... Like you're not even doing a regular season game. What what the heck are we doing here? What what's the there, point? Exactly. There's my two. You just said my two right there, Reese. You mentioned Sportsnet. One, Sportsnet sold the rights, so they're not in the market. They want to get the NHL. They send an NHL agreement. They want to be all NHL. Yeah. You got the Sportsnet now. That's all NHL. There's no competition for doll media. There's no competition until there's competition. This is always going to happen with doll media, with TSN. There is no yeah because you had TSN with the World Juniors like the junior part of exactly. it sports that had CHL so you're kind of who's going to have the better ratings well I think it was pretty clear the World Juniors was probably going to but at the same time you also had the CHL on every Friday night one hundred percent and that's why I think there's no competition two the one thing I really dislike about this is you're taking that opportunity away from a person that's called the local team all year long and Reese you we both know this. When we were covering the Bulldogs when they won the OHL championship two seasons ago, that run 
that high of covering a team that's good is very fun. Um, yeah. It's fun to go to the rink every day. Um, you know what you're going to get everyone. You get good quotes after the games, which is a huge thing to get good quotes yes. after the game because when you're losing, it's not fun. No one wants to talk. But when you win, everyone does. So if you do the math, it's better to win. That's why I said there's no way the Niagara Ice Dogs are trying to lose. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of things like that. It's fun to cover a team that's winning. And you take that opportunity away. You have so much passion in your calls. You have so much passion in the calls. And I think that that's where it's unfortunate, where you're going to see some great TV guy, play-by-play guys not have the opportunity that have paid their dues, you could say, yeah. or are young and up-and-comers that have earned the right to call those games. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate to me to see that. I mean, for us, Reese, personally, the best call of the playoffs was when Reed Duffy got to say, make room in the rafters, at, um, make room in the rafters, or when I put Bobby on the bus. Bobby on the Those bus. are classics. Yeah. Those are classics, right? Those are classics. And when you miss that opportunity – that's tough for somebody who just picks up in the well, end of March. Yeah, that that's that's what I was going to say. That's what I'm going to – at least my point anyway is what I'm going to finish off with. Like you said, those guys have been there all year. They understand what has happened throughout the entire year. You get a crew coming in, oh, yeah, that guy's been like that all year. Or, yeah, I've really liked his game, how it's progressed throughout the season. But how do you really? Know? Are you sure? Have you, <laughs> hey, have you, you know I have you watched the entire season? Like, are you, <laughs> you sure about that? Like, you know I've had a lot of run-ins on the uh, in like, the finals when the Bulldogs were in there. Yeah, it's just it just you you walk in and you're, you you make a statement uh, whether to make a point, talk about something that just happened in a game. But it's like, did you really watch this guy all year? Exactly. Did you really? Like the, exactly. the guys doing every game and whether it's the TV guys just doing home games, the radio guys doing all 68, um, you know, they, they know, they know what they've seen throughout the entire yeah. year. And like, they get more out of the coaching staff. They know situations. Absolutely. They're the ones talking to the coaches. They know the coach personally. They're traveling with the team. Um, yeah, that stuff. And my one more point that I want to make is the one thing I don't get about this on the TSN side of things. Why not carry the wave after the world juniors. I never understood this since this deal happened. They always start in February. Why not start the week after the world juniors last year, last year, the smartest thing would have been was to, to broadcast a Regina Pats game the week after the world juniors trade deadline. First game after the trade deadline at world juniors should have been a Regina Pats game. Can you imagine the views for Connor Bernard? I mean, they did that Calgary game. The Saladome sold it. Yeah. That, so that's what that should have been the first game, and then they should have did the London Windsor game right the week after. Because remember, that's two weeks after the deadline on Sunday afternoon game. London Windsor played two teams that bought two massive markets in the CHL, not the COHL, in the CHL, and they never did it. And then they had the Ottawa Windsor game and never did it as well. Ride that high, ride that high, because you always see that every year since TSN's taken over. We've never saw them tap into that market right after the World Juniors. Take that momentum. You know, everyone watched the Connor Bedard light it up. So why not? Why wouldn't we broadcast Connor Bedard's first game after the World Juniors and after the trade deadline for Regina Pats? That would have made the most sense. But that's the thing with Bell Media. The things that make the most common sense, Bell Media can't do, as we know. So that's my comment on them and uh, that matter. But I think it's pretty 
I don't like the idea at all. I think it takes away from local broadcasters, which I've never liked anyways. And it takes away from the ability to show the game off, to be honest. Absolutely. All right. Uh, before we hit the break, we'll just go over the player and goaltender of the week here. So we'll start with the player of the week, and we're going to go to the Peterborough Peets following a an OHL championship. Jax Dubois takes home uh, player of the week, recorded two goals and five assists for a total of seven points over the first two games for the Peterborough Peets. Also in contention, uh, for this award, Jack Beck of the Sioux Greyhounds, who had a yeah. nice nice start to his season, as we mentioned. Two goals, four assists, six points for him um, in, in two wins. As well as Luke Misa, the Mississauga Steelheads, with a nice weekend uh, to open the season. He had two goals and three assists for a total of five points. Goaltender of the week, let's stay in Mississauga. It's going to be Ryerson Leanders who had a 1.50 goals against average and a save percentage of 9.57. He was 2-0 over the first weekend. That included a shutout as the Mississauga Steelheads took down uh, the Erie Otters twice. Um, Also in consideration for that award, we'll go to the Kitchener Rangers. Jackson Parsons was also 2-0, recording his first career OHL shutout in Flint um, in a blowout victory for for the Kitchener Rangers. And then we also look at Michael Simpson of the London Knights. He was 2-0 as well. Goals against average of 1.50, save percentage of nine point, or 0.950. So a few goaltenders with some some very nice weekends and um, excited to see how we move forward and what that list will look Absolutely. like at the end of the year. Um, if we have any repeat guys or if we have a bunch of, bunch of different guys making this list, that's always fun to look at. Um, when you yeah, get throughout to- the year, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the two men that get those honors to start the year. Jacks Dubois, player of the week and, uh, and Ryerson Leanders, OHL goaltender of the week time for a break. When we come back, um, it is time for the overreaction segment. We'll go fully into overreacting on this first weekend of the OHL season. Uh, we'll look at a couple of games that uh, we'll have our eyes on this weekend. One of them takes place in Brantford. I think everybody could have guessed that. Um, and then we'll look at the power rankings to kind of round out the show. So more to come here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. My name is Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward and overreaction Monday or Tuesday overreaction week. Same thing. Um, We kind of already went over the ice dogs and some of their people on social media. I don't know if you call them fans the way they talk. They don't really act like fans of the team. Um, But uh, yeah, there's uh there's one in particular that I just saw that came across as we record on the Monday night. Um, this dude calls himself a fan of the Jays. That's too bad. Um, Ice Dogs and awful Philadelphia Flyers. Well, first of all, if you've watched the Ice Dogs ho- play hockey since 2019, then clearly awful is in front of the wrong team. Um, so good one, pal. <laughs> um, and then essentially that uh, – um, you know, 
Wes Consorti saying that, you know, he's excited the way that the Ice Dogs played over the weekend, um, you know, with their with their two losses. And as I, men- and as I mentioned, yeah. Um, this guy feels the need to comment, and you, know, you guys realize they're missing their best forward, right? And then he's like, playoffs, question mark. Um, Easton Cowan is not the entire London Knights team. Um, their goalie won a championship last year. I know you don't know what that is, but yeah. Um, how, how many guys are drafted on that team? Eight, eight NHL mm. drafted players. Um, which also includes your first round pick from last year, who's going to be a very high pick this year in Sam Dickinson. So yeah, good, good job. I just like to give a shout out to that overreaction. Um, yeah, shout out to that guy who clearly knows nothing. Um, so that's that's my that's the last thing we have to say about Ice Dog fans and their overreaction for an 0-2 start against the London Knights. So let's let, hey, like let's, I said, let's take it easy there. Yeah, hey, like I like I mentioned too about the Knights or about the Ice Dogs, the Ice Dogs had a good weekend. I mean, they outshot them twenty to seven in the first period of the first game at the Budweiser Cards. That's a tough place to get a good start on for a road team, right? Um, that's a that's yeah, that's an overreaction right there. Um, that's a perfect first week one overreaction. Yeah. I think to comment. I think each week we look at the best one. And like I said, let us know your comments on your team, not just an overreaction. Let us know your comments on your team, and we'll do some insight on them. We'll talk to we'll talk to our sources from those teams that we know, um, and we'll see the honest opinion. We'll watch video on them. We'll give our opinion and. Like I said, watching the Ice Dogs, I don't think it was that bad. Like, not that bad. Like, come on. Like, yeah. and I if you're well, going to put it, like, if you're going to make your Twitter account about a team that is in junior hockey that dictates your life, that, like, dictates how you're going to act and hide on a screen, um, behind the screen, I should say, like, come on. That's kind of, you know, like, come on. Like, that's overboard, you know? Um, that's overboard. Uh, there's a lot more. There's a lot more bigger fish to fry than complain online about teenagers. That's just my opinion, big time. Um, but I mean, with this being said, with the overreaction of the Ice Dogs aren't making the playoffs after starting zero and two, um, you can say the same thing. We're not, we're not seeing this because I I would say London Knights fans are hundred times smarter than most in. Ah! There's a couple growing up, but so so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna finish that comment because it actually sounded pretty bad. Um, but at the same time, (laughs) like if Knights fans are overreacting and saying two and oh, we're going to playoffs for the championship, bring on Saginaw in the Mem Cup, and it's like, yeah, we're gonna call you out, guys. You beat Niagara twice, like, but but I haven't seen anybody do that, so that's why it's tough to comment on it. Nobody nobody from the Knights fan base has done that. So, like, you can look at it the yet. same way. Like, you, wow, you beat Niagara, hey. good one. But <laughs> here you go, right here. You're gonna love this. This, hey, any non-leaf fan can quote this on any hide behind your screen. I don't care. There's only one September champion in the hockey world, and that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're the September champions every year, every year. And how do they do? How do they do? That's because their best time of the year is in September. Your best time if you want to win isn't September. So leave that to the Maple Leafs. Leave that to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I just had to get that in there. They're the yeah, September yeah. champions. They're a really good team in September because they only play like three games. They're yeah. a great team in September. 
Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. One thousand percent. Leave that out. All right. So, yeah, we've pretty much gone through the overreactions. We hadn't seen a whole lot else um, uh, over Twitter. Nah. A few comments here and there, but all in all, they were more than likely reasonable. Um, so let, let's move on to and again, this could be an overreaction by us. Um, but who needs to have a better second weekend? Who needs to be a completely different team in weekend number two now? You know, of course, it's easy to say all the teams that collected zero points over weekend number one. That includes Ottawa, Niagara, yeah. Brantford, Erie, Windsor, Flint. Um, Ottawa played one game, so they're they're out of there. Um, Niagara, I don't. Again, they played so well against the Knights despite two losses. I I I think you keep everything the same. You get a lesser talented team yeah, in man. London. I think you might pull. Who do they play this weekend? Um, so yeah, Niagara me, starts me... against Mississauga. That's a home game on Thursday. Ooh, good game. And then they're That's in Barry at Sadlon Tough Arena. Tough weekend. That's a t- but if that effort's fun. there, I like their chances to squeak out a point. They get a point. Yeah. Yeah, they get a point. If that eff- if they play the same way, they get a point. Um for sure. It'll be interesting um, to see because when they when Niagara was good, like when the ice dogs were pretty good a lot like back in the day. Their thing was on those Thursday night home games, they can catch teams sleeping right at home. You could play those teams and yeah. catch them sleeping as a whole playing that Thursday game. Teams want to get into the weekend, right? They're thinking about the weekend. You can catch a team sleeping. Um, that was the one advantage of playing Thursday night. And maybe with Mississauga, you can catch that. But Mississauga looks really good this year. Leaners having a big weekend. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how they look and um to see how that game goes. But hey, Wednesday we have a good game and Thursday we have a good game. Yeah. So this week we're going to have five days in a row of good hockey. And that's exciting if you're an OHL fan. Uh, I don't think it gets much better than that, uh, especially Absolutely. with not meaningless NHL games going on, right? It's perfect. Yeah. So uh, that'd be interesting to see. But yeah, I think the Ice Dogs definitely get a point um, this week if they play the same way, right? They barely lost the best team in the league. Um, and right now it's not even close because the one team that I've got to see play a little bit better is the Saginaw Spirit. Um, the Saginaw spirit, in my opinion, right now, and with the T-Bone Cod one-year deal, doesn't help the situation at all. Yeah. I think they have a lot of work to do here. Um, you know, their weekend, obviously, the first game against Kitchener, it's 4-3 loss, one goal game. Um, On the road. Things happen. At the odd. Yeah, That's a tough barn to go into. Opening night, right? Yeah. But meet Michael Misa. Oh my! Yeah, I think he's okay. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, that's that's ridiculous. There, uh, he put on a show, so that was nice to see. If you're Saginaw, but man, I watch Saginaw and I look at them on paper. I don't know if it's just me and fans. Let me know if I'm overreacting on this. I think but I've got the I same opinion think, as you. I don't. I don't think the Saginaw Spirit are there for a Mem Cup team. Yeah, I think that. I think this roster looks a year away from a Mem Cup team. I think next year automatic. Mises drafted. I don't know. Yeah, and Parrot's drafted. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I look at this team and I'm thinking, is this team good? I think I honestly look at them. I just think they're good to mediocre. I don't think they're a top five team. Me personally, right now in my rankings, I don't have them in the top five. No. Uh, I just don't think they're a top five team. Right now in that division, right now, obviously, it's only two games in. This is a huge overreaction right here. Um, as I said, I don't really have any more overreactions, and I do. Uh, right now, I think the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds walk over the Saginaw Spirit. They play. Big the amount time. of goals they are scoring. The amount of goals they are scoring, they look freaking good. Um, so that's something there that, that we can see evolve here throughout the year to see if 
Sue gets better. Because Saginaw's got to get better. That division isn't going to be a smooth coasting ride as we all thought it was for the Saginaw Spirit. I definitely think there's going to be growing pains here on their run, and that's why I'm very excited to see this behind-the-scenes feature to see what they are and where they are. Because that could change, right, when you see things behind the scenes what go on. Absolutely. And that's going to be perfect. And the other team I want to kind of throw up here on the must-perform board, I guess we can say, is the Erie Otters. The Erie Otters 0-2 this weekend, losing both games to the Mississauga Steelheads without getting a point. Um, to me, that is a big one. They got guys here in their core that I don't think had the best weekends, and we kind of saw some tendencies before of these teams that, you know, of these players, I guess we could say, that they've been around teams and they haven't won. And then you hear kind of publicity about these players not performing. And there's some players here, you know, you see some minus twos in some games, you see some minus threes in some games. Um, that's concerning to me, right? And that is one thing where I got to see the Erie Otters perform. 0-2 weekend, I think they're the most disappointing 0-2 team out of the 0-2 teams right now. I would say the Erie Otters have the most pressure going into this weekend because the Erie Otters have to have a good weekend. I don't know yeah. who they play. That's another thing. I got Reese. I don't know if you have the schedule. I can look it up as I well. I do. I do have them here. Um, so Friday night, <laughs> it's a road weekend. First um, uh-uh. official road trip because that Mississauga was a one-off. Um, but they go to Guelph Friday. That's a tough one. Division, though. And then Owen Sound on Saturday. That's a hard weekend. That's a hard back-to-back with Barlow back. He's going to be flying. I don't now, know if that's Owen Sounds. If Barlow, that's Owen Sounds' first home game. I don't think they play at home Friday night. Now, that's also – there's this – if by chance this goes south and they do start the year 0-4, and four, um, you are – so that will be their second home game, Morty. Um, they hosted yeah. Barry yeah. on Saturday. Be, yeah, and Owen Sound, Owen Sound plays in Kitchener on Friday. Okay. I just saw that. So that'll be Barlow's first home game. So and that shows same trip. <laughs> yeah, same distance for for Erie and Owen Sound. Um, but I mean, if there's any, uh, I, we we got to stop doing this tonight. But, eventually, but um, the Otters travel to the Meridian Center on the twelfth. Um, so if you do go Owen four, you get a little bit of a weaker team. And that could be a good then Yeah, but could... Niagara. Niagara I know, I, week one. I know that's that's the thing. Like eventually we gotta stop stop talking about the ice dogs like that because they will get better. It will hey, happen. Eventually, eventually the quarter's gotta land on tails. Eventually. You know, how many times are we gonna talk about this? Like they're yeah. a day late, dollar short to quote the great Mickey Redman. They're like every year, every year. So eventually it's got to change, but that's a game there. Like, you know, you go all in five, you're done. I mean, it's an overreaction for sure to say all in five, but they still got a weekend to play. But that's, that's, that's intriguing though. I guarantee it. If next week at this time, if both those teams are winless, we will be talking about it, yeah. hammering it in the overreaction. We might call it a game seven beginning of the year. And if you go all one five, you're not making the playoffs. So that'll be interesting to see uh, how we talk about that one next week. Hopefully, we don't have to talk about it. But yeah, most definitely, sure. there'll be a situation. Um, my my team, and I, 
this isn't biased by any means because we cover the team on a regular basis. We have our own show um, that just covers specifically this team. Not um, sure we'll indulge in that but, too. but like the Brantford Bulldogs, like that, you gotta be, you have to close that game out in Sioux. You have to. They look brutal. Four to one. Brutal. You're, you're fully Both healthy. Games. Minus Crombie. Um, you're fully healthy with a nice surprise of Nick Lardis flying from Chicago mm-hmm. to get to the game in Sudbury. Um, now that Sudbury game, they, out of 60 minutes, I would say the Bulldogs were good for 10, 15 yeah, it was, minutes of that, that game. That was bad. First combined. shot, first shot of the game. Yeah. Like they, that was they, horribly officiated that, though. That game was horribly officiated. True. There was no flow it was, to that at all. Yeah. It was, but that it doesn't was tough. matter. It was tough to get flow, and I think it was tough for both teams just because of all the all the stoppages. Um, But that Sioux game, you're up four one. You're fully in control of the game. You have to win. You have to win that game. And again, it's early. Huge overreaction by me. Um, But I think this team has expectations, and they had expectations that they could have gotten at least two points out of this weekend. And I think we talked about that on the dog cast last week going into the weekend saying, yeah, we did. if they don't walk away with at least a point in Sudbury, they better get two points in Sioux. Like it just had that feeling where you're like, this is a Northern road trip that you're never going to make again the rest of the year. As nice as it is, as it is to get out of the way, whether you come out with points or not, I think it's a trip you have to expect to come out with, with points. Um, and they were in a position to do that against the Sioux Greyhounds. They were just unable to close it out. Greyhounds made a goalie Great. change middle, middle, midway through the game. Um, and it seemed like that was the difference in the hockey game because the last, what was it? The last six goals of the game, Sioux scored five of them. Um, yeah. you know, four, two or four, one, you could actually say the last six goals out of seven, um, were scored by the Sioux Greyhounds. I think my math's correct on that. Um, yep. But yeah, seven five victory for Sue, and it just the goalie change just for whatever reason flipped the script for Sue. And I know oh, that anthem. happens on occasion, but um, yeah. the Bulldogs just got to walk away with a victory there, um, fully in a position to do so, and they were unable to. So that that's the one team that stands out to me. Um, I mean, Ottawa being zero and one, what it is, what it is. It, they lost one game. Wow. I know we're not used to that with the year they had yeah, last year. Um, it's game one, but it's game one. It is what it is. Um, which, by the way, shout out to yeah. Luca Pinelli for being named captain of the Ottawa yes. 67s. Wanted to shout that out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And I agree with you. You said over the Bulldogs series, that's a game we got to have um, on Saturday against St. Marie. I mean, they just didn't play good. Um, there's a lot of concerning things there. The one concerning thing is you come into the third period, kind of just lay an egg. You know, you have some turbulence here at the end of the second period, right? Sault Ste. Marie gets the momentum, but you're up one going into the third, I believe. It was up one. And then all of a sudden you blow the game right away, right? Yeah. They score the goals back to back to back, four unanswered, five unanswered, whatever it was. You know, that's something that can't happen, especially out of the period. Especially out of the period. You got to – that's a message. They're okay. We made it in the period. We're up one. We're okay. We're okay. And knowing Coach Jay McKee, you know that's a message going into the room. We're okay. But – the fact that guys never got their footing back in after that is concerning to me, but yeah, they have a lot of work to do. And I mean, I know their, I know their video session on Monday was definitely a good one and um, they're on ice. So definitely be a good, um, good skate as well. And they'll be prepared. I would I imagine say, for a home opener. Yeah. First, because skate, if they lay an egg, first skate at civic center. 
Yeah, first get at Civic Center. You're back. Or you're in second, the new facility. Guess, if you don't count the preseason yeah. or the practice last year. Um, yeah, no, yeah. last year's group this year. But yeah. I would say, I would say though, you know, if they lay an egg in their home opener against the Oshawa Generals, Mississauga, they play the next day on Sunday. That's a tough game. Yeah. If they lay if they lay an egg in the home opener against Oshawa, that's concerning. There's a lot of work to be done, and that'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think the question goes on the veterans there. Um, the veterans got to be better. Um, you know, eventually, eventually, bad luck just turns into, you know, what is it, right? Bad luck turns into, well, maybe it's just not meant to be with some of the players there that have no puck luck. Um, because you can only wait around for the luck to change for so long. And when it doesn't, well, maybe it's not that. Um, and their veterans just got to be better. They got to be better. And uh, that's a message to a lot of teams around the league that they didn't have a good weekend. The veterans got to be better. You know, maybe all of a sudden that uh, vacation time's over, right? All of a sudden you're getting hit for real. And um, all of a sudden the knockout blow comes pretty early in the fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So second weekend coming up. Um, here's a couple of games that we're going to look out for and what you may be interested in watching as well. I th- we kind of already touched on it, so we won't really go too deep into it. Uh, but London yeah. Sault Ste. Marie GFL Memorial Gardens um, on October 4th. Um, that's definitely one I think you're going to want to tune into early on this season. That could be a battle for top spots in the West um, come the end of the season. Um, you know, I think um, Owen Sound Kitchener isn't a bad early matchup Friday night at the yeah, Kitchener Memorial Auditorium. And again, Barlow, shout- Barlow's first game. Yeah. Um, and again, shout out to the Rangers for moving things up to seven, not seven thirty. That's a huge, uh, huge plus. Um, well, follow suit. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, on the sixth. Yeah, same day, the sixth. They're actually seven thirty. Sleeman Center. Yeah, there's a seven. Yeah, Guelph seven thirty. Yeah. yeah. So, well, so that, take note. Big time. Yeah. Um, um so so that that's you know, a night that's one I'm really intrigued to see. You know the game though. The Saturday, back in Brantford. Absolutely. Yep. Saturday night, the Brantford Civic Center. If you're coming down, tailgate party starts at four, four to six thirty, yeah. I believe, and then you head on into the rink. Um we might be involved in that. Yeah, I hope we're hoping to have some sort of and the pregame out there. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be fun. It'll be a good time. There'll be obviously games, prizes. Um, it, it's going to be a whole event. Um, and if you're wondering if you are coming in from out of town, um, there is a map of the parking lots for the Brantford Bulldogs games at the civic center. So um, it's on the Bulldogs website. You can go look at that. It takes you directly to the city of Brantford's website. Um, and they'll kind of outline what the parking looks like for this season. And it's free. About 95% yeah. of the parking is free. If you park at the market, um, first of all, why? Um, but you would have to pay for that. But other than that, parking will be free for Bulldogs games this season. Um, and it, yeah, it's just going to be an overall great atmosphere sold out already. I think, what the first three, first five games are sold out already, I believe, Colin. Um, first five. So if you're trying to get game, trying to get tickets to a Bulldogs game, I would buy them right now because um, they might not be available for for very long. So that's one to circle as well. If you can't make it, of course, always on CHL TV, uh, the new partnership with the Bulldogs and Rogers TV. Um, 
will be taking place. So that's, that, that's pretty cool to see. Um, and then I think even, even on the seventh um, as well, the same night as that, as that opener for the Bulldogs Guelph in London, I kind of like that yeah. matchup as well. And I mean, we'll be uh, unable to watch it being at the Bulldogs games, but that'd be a good replay to go and watch um, early battle between the storm and Knights at Bud gardens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's exciting. I mean, those games are always good. A lot of the Guelph and London games can also be boring at the same time just because the systems are good. I mean, it's good to watch if you like system hockey, obviously, but the running gun kind of goes away. Maybe at the start of the year, there will, it will be there, the running gun. Mm-hmm. It's going to start by knowing Dale Hunter and um, obviously George Burnett not being the coach, but it, notoriously it's just been system hockey, right? Two system teams in Guelph and London. It's a lot of good system play, not a lot of running gun teams that know each other, but maybe if game one might be very entertaining. So that's exciting to see because you never know what you're going to get from Guelph and London. It's always intense, but you never know what you're going to get. We had a reverse sweep a few years ago. Sorry, London fans. We've had London dominate a season series against Guelph. So it's kind of interesting to see how it goes and how that rivalry works out between Guelph and London. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those two – those two home games for the London Knights coming up this week against North Bay on the sixth Guelph on the seventh. That's a good game. Um, I I've got the Maple Leaf schedule pulled up. If you're looking to um, see Easton Cowan season debut, um, of course, with the game against Montreal on Monday night, there's a chance that this episode has been recorded. He's been sent back Tuesday morning. Um, if not, the Leafs host the Red Wings Thursday, the fifth. Um, and then they are one. Then they are in Detroit on the seventh, so that'll be the Saturday. Um, and those are the last two preseason games, and it works out that they're close. They're the same distance from Budweiser Gardens, I would say. So, um, yeah. you know, it, do you think? Sorry, Reese, do you think they give them that game in Detroit? Growing up close to Detroit, do you think they give them? I think he was a Leaf fan growing up. Unfortunately, but yeah, do you it, think? It's t- last yeah, game, right? I, I kind of understand. Where, yeah, yeah. You mentioned about the cap um, early on, potentially for the Leafs. That's not a bad idea. Um, unfortunately, he's for night play- fans, you'll not- have to wait another weekend or another week. Because Monday night, he's not playing in the game for the Maple Leafs against Montreal. So if he's so made if the round of cuts, you would have to expect to play him another Thursday. game. Yeah, yeah. So I think Friday at the earliest, he's back. Yeah, yeah, which so, means he misses that Sioux game, which is kind of unfortunate for all the fans that want to see that. Um, yeah, yeah, I doubt he's back. Now, it, maybe, maybe, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I just wanted to look into that. I was just curious about yeah, that's what, the, what the chances, but um, yeah, uh, that's kind of all the games we're looking at uh, or looking forward to this uh, this upcoming weekend. Um, but let's get to the power rankings here, Colin, before we, before we round things out. Um, of course this is always ranked one through 16. Um, so we'll read it off backwards here quickly and then we'll kind of give our thoughts on it. Um, Peterborough Peets are the number 16 seed. They're up two spots from last week. Kitchener up two spots as well. They're at 15 Flint Firebirds fall two spots of the 14th ranked team. Brantford Bulldogs, um, dropped three spots. They are 13th. Sault Ste. Marie with a couple of wins. They move up two spots to number 12. Oshawa Generals up two spots as well. They're number 11. Kingston up one to number 10. North Bay down three to number nine. 
Mississauga stays put. They're at number eight. Sudbury Wolves, after a one-and-one weekend, they are down two spots, number seven. Uh, Number six spot, the Barry Colts, they move up three. Owen Sound Attack moved down one. They are the uh, number four seed. Don't like that. Uh, Guelph Storm, they're up three (laughs) spots to number four. We'll get to that comment in a second here. Um, And then the top three doesn't change. Ottawa, number three. Saginaw, number two. London, number one. Colin, go ahead. I don't like that. I mean, I just don't like – how are we changing after week one? So we rank Owen Sound higher the week before. Without their best player, they drop. Like, what are we doing? Like, doing one on one? Like, why? Why drop them? Is that it? so going one on one without their best player on a back to back is enough to drop? Why? Why? Like, how does Sudbury drop without uh, Quentin Musty? It makes no sense. These rankings, these rankings, if you're going to drop teams after every loss they have, Teams aren't going to go undefeated. Like, give me a break. Like, teams aren't going undefeated. So, it, sometimes you got to look at the measure of the loss. Sometimes the loss isn't enough to drop you four spots. Like, obviously, yeah, you're 0 2. Yeah, you shouldn't even be in it. But you, you drop, like, you lose, you drop one game without the team's best player. And all of a sudden, like, how does Sudbury drop when Sudbury dominates Hamilton or Branford? Wow. That was bad. I've been on Branford all year, and Jeez. I get it wrong. Now. The clutch, boo! Man, right. that should that should be a that should be a King's Court. Every time we say Hamilton instead of Branford, you have to put a dollar, yeah, and we'll and see like, what our beer fund will be at the end. Of, I mean, um, ginger ale fund will be at the end of the. End of the year. Yeah, but yeah, like, um, like you drop, you dominate Branford, and then you drop the next game, and that's enough to drop. That makes no sense to me. Like, do the research. Um, that's why I've been all over them. I've been all over broadcast this week, and I got to stop doing that. I feel bad about it, but if it's right, it's hard to just sit back on it, you know. Like, why? Well, I mean, I I kind of thought Bradford should be down more than three with their, That's what with I said their too. two efforts. I had I think they should have been fifteen. That's just my personal <laughs> I <had> thoughts. <laughs> um, I had Bradford seventeen. Hey, no bias there. Hey, any of you listeners, I don't want to hear the bias on Branford. I don't even have them in the top 16. So I don't want to hear it. And Reese, honestly, if you have them at 16, you said? 15. 15. Even that, like, there, there better not be any bias calls here because uh, we're kind of giving it to them this week. I mean, they deserve it. So uh, that's the way we roll around here. But my top five, I had Mississauga five. They, dom- they dominated this week. Uh, um, they, they deserve it. They took – they took Erie's lunch money this weekend. Yeah. Um, like, you didn't really have a chance, right? And your best players are minus threes and minus twos um, in games. Like, you don't have a chance. Uh, so, I have Mississauga five, Owen Sound four, um, Sudbury three, uh, Ottawa two. Ottawa only played one game. How do you make adjustment on Ottawa? They only played one game. Um, London one. London's the one still. Uh, they did nothing to go down, but those are my top five: London one, Ottawa two, Sudbury three, Owen Sound four, Mississauga five, Saginaw seven. They're not even six. They gotta show me something. Um, mm-hmm. other than me, other than Misa, other than Misa and Perrick, I nothing really scares me. I gotta see more. I mean, I like Cash. Eh? I love their game. Like I said, they have potential, but I don't. I don't know. Like I might be giving them bulletin board material here, but. 
right now, if you're gonna say if you're gonna say Saginaw's so good with a 16 year old as your best player and a 17 year old as your best defenseman, why are you saying Sue St. Marie's gonna be so bad then? But Jack Beck is an overager. Um, like this team's like that team's older than Saginaw, you could say. Like they're key players. So why are why are you why are we not having Sue St. Marie Saginaw's then? That's my question. Um, me personally, I don't have I didn't have Sue Six. Uh, but Saginaw seven for me, like I don't even have them in the top six. I have them seven on me and until they prove it. I think they're good to mediocre. I don't think they're a top five team in the league right now. And I think anyone that argues that, please message me and let me know. Let me know how I could, how I could see differently on it. But from what I'm seeing, other than Misa, Perrick, um, and the rest of the like two guys, I don't really see. I don't really see anything that scares me on that team. Yeah. Um, hates good player. Hates a, Hunter hates a good player. He's a future pro hockey player. He's a he's a game changer. It's not like they don't have guys, but I just don't think after their top three forwards and their top two defense, they scare me. Um, yeah. I think London. I think obviously this is a prediction. This is nowhere, but I think if London played them in a playoff series, roster versus roster, London beats them in five. To be honest, like I don't think they're a team that gets past yeah. the first or second round with that lineup. They have a lot to improve on. I think Saginaw needs two key pieces to win. Like how Peterborough mentioned, like how we mentioned about Peterborough before, right? Peterborough went out and got Gavin White, Avery Hayes, Brendan Hoffman. Those are moves you have to make to win a championship. Those are moves you have to make. Saginaw hasn't made that move. They haven't. And I think like anyone that thinks that Saginaw is close to being a Memorial Cup contender for that matter, because since they are hosting Memorial Cup, is there. Please help me with that, because I don't see it. I really don't. I see them as a seventh to eleventh place team right now um, in the Ontario Hockey League in general. I don't see them as a top six team. I want to, because I'm tired of the Memorial Cup being an absolute terrible show, I'll say. As I think anyone can read the room and know what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm tired of that, but I don't think they're there. I really don't. I think they're a good to mediocre lineup. I think you're just mid, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah. I think when you, I think when you indulge in having a 16 year old as your best player, it's tough. The best player in the world right now, Connor McDavid, didn't get to a Memorial Cup with that Erie Otters team. That Erie Otters team was a heck of a lot better than this uh, Saginaw Spirit team, and that to me says a lot. Uh, I mean, staying in Michigan with Flint's efforts, they they should not be on this list. Like they are, yes. they they the amount of goals they gave up, they should not be a top sixteen team. Just my opinion yeah. on that. If we're if if you've got Brantford out, I've got Brantford dropping five spots after the first week. Flint shouldn't even be in the cool. top sixteen. They should be down just ahead no. of Niagara. Um, you know what? I have like, out of mine. I have. Out of mind, I have Niagara 20 because, like I said, until proven otherwise, they're the worst team yeah, in the league. Big time. Until proven otherwise. And, hey, like I said before, they're like the money ball reference. There's 50 feet of, you know what, and then there's us. That's where the ice studs are. They got to get to the 50 feet, and then they got to get to the starting gate. Until they get – they don't have a horse in the race right now. But once – they're close. But it's going to take more than just two weeks uh, to show that. They got to prove that over a week, over a month. They have to show that. And until then, you got to get it done. And until then, you're not, you know, that's where they are. But 
where I think of this is I have Niagara out. I have Erie out because it's disappointing. That is very disappointing um, for what I saw this weekend for the Erie Otters. I have Flint out, and I have Hamilton out. Those are my four teams I have missing. And that's what I had. That's what I submitted as well as we take part in the power there's rankings. Another, there's another Kings Court Wardy. You got another Hamilton. Wow, Branford. I got to stop <laughs> saying that. Like, and it's weird. I think you can attest to this too. Like, I, off air, like, I've been really, I don't think I've ever said, like, I've said Branford, I would say, every time until now. Yeah. I don't know why I'm fumbling. I don't know why I'm fumbling. I'm like Melvin Gordon in the fourth quarter for the Broncos up seven. It's over. I'm fumbling the ball. I'll just give the other team the ball. Yeah, that's brutal. I'm yeah. like Dion Fernandez. You know what you are? Darren Helm in 2013, turning the puck over for the hat trick. Man, you know what you are? You're the city of Hamilton. You're treating Hamilton, like, you're treating the Bulldogs like they're still your team, but they're in Brantford and probably long gone from the city of Hamilton. Hey, hey, you know what? You know what it is? You know what I'm excited for? To see the banners actually in a good spot in yes, Brantford. Big time. Hey, man. I, I hear, what are the odds? Horrible. What are the odds that we tweet out? What are the odds we tweet something out about the banners within 20 minutes of being in the press box after the post game show? Or after the pregame show. After, man, we're gonna go, before the pregame we're show. We're going to go drop our stuff. I'm going to get pregame tailgate starts at four. Yeah, I'm not sure what time I'll get there. We'll see. Probably around that time. But like first step in the yeah. building, I'm not even going to go look at anything. I'm not going to go up to the press, press box. box. My first picture is going to be from ice level. Where where are those banners? Like that's my, <laughs> that's my first order of business. And I'm going to tag first Ontario center. <laughs> Over or under five minutes. Five and a, five and a half minutes um, until there's the first banner tweet by and that's, that, or that's myself. Under. That's Ward. a that's a big under. That's a hammer in the under. Yeah, hammer in the under. Good odds yeah. on the under. Bet so, hundred, uh, get yeah, back, that's a hundred. Get back. Get back a thousand. <laughs> hey, watch out! We're turning into a Twitter account on there. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about <that. laughs> All right, let's have some fun. All right, All right. yeah, the, that's the, the, uh, we got to we got to put the fire out and call the dogs. Yep, big time. Um, all right, that's it for the show this week. Hope everyone enjoyed it. We thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope everybody enjoyed opening weekend because we sure did. Thank God the OHL is back, um, and we're excited um, for everything coming up this weekend. A lot of intriguing matchups, as we talked about. If you are one of the lucky ones to have a ticket to the Brantford Bulldogs home opener and the first time the OHL returns to Brantford since 1984, um, then we'll see you there. Um, and hope you enjoy yeah, that. Right. But if not, hope you can catch some of it uh, on TV as well. So um, again, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it and we will chat again in seven days.